All right, tonight, Genesis chapter 5. We're going to spend a, time, a little time reading through this chapter tonight before we start to delve into some of the truths that God would have for us tonight. Uh, Sister Reed, would you read verses 1 through 5? This is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in his likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. Amen. Sister uh, Chandra, um, verse 6 through 8. Verse 6 through 8. Amen. Satan lived 105 years and begot. Was that Enosh? Enosh. Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Satan lived 807 years and had son and daughter. So all the days of Satan were 912 years and he died. Amen. Brother Baker, verses 9 through 11. Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan eight hundred and fifteen years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were nine hundred and five years, and he died. Amen. Now, all the days of Enos was nine hundred nine hundred and five years, and he died. Sister McDaniel, verses twelve through fourteen, Genesis chapter five. Canaan was 70 years old. He became the father of Mahalel. Yeah, that sounds good. Mahalel. <laughs> <laughs> After the birth of Mahalel, Kenan lived another 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Kenan lived 910 years, and then he died. Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Sister Dudley, verses 15 through 17. When, how do you pronounce it? Mahala. 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 sounds like. Mahala. At lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. And then that name lived 830 years after he became the father of Jared. And he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime... Of Ma'af, Allah, 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 after, and after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had 
had other sons and daughters, although Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. Amen. And so all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Sister Reed, verses 21 through 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. 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 And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. All right. All the, and then verse 24. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Amen. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Verses 25 through 27, Sister McDaniel. When Methuselah, Methuselah. Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. So all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. Verses 28 through 31. Sister Moore. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had sons. He named him Noah and <clears throat> he named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and the pain will toil of our hands caused by the ground Lord. By the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived five hundred and ninety five years and had other sons and daughters. Although together Lamech lived 777 years and then he died. Amen. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. Sister Chandra, verse 32. Verse 32. And Noah was 500 years old and Noah forgot. Is that Shem, Shem, Ham, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Oh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Amen. Amen. So, at first look, when we look at chapter 5, <coughs> what we're seeing is basically the genealogy, or at least a portion of the genealogy of Adam. Right? But as we have studied and went through and read each section of this particular genealogy, what pops out? So why did God take Enoch? So why did that? We're definitely going to get to that question too. Why did that's one thing that's going to pop out? Why was Enoch different than everybody else? That's one question we need to deal with. What else pops out? They all live a long They all live a lengthy life. Let me put a few things up here. Why was 
descendants. children, sons and daughters, the sons and daughters lived for a certain amount of time, and then that's, they continue to live, but then after that they had died, God took them. All right. So it was like they lived long enough to have this, the, the, their, um, or their kids. All so, right. To, so God made sure they left a legacy. Like he let them live long enough to have their children so they can leave a legacy or generation behind or something. All right. That's true. That is true. That that absolutely is true. So let's look at what we see thus far. We see, we, there's a question that comes to mind. Why was Enoch taken? He didn't die like everybody else. He was taken. The descendants lived for so many years. They lived for hundreds of years. But each person other than Enoch and Noah, because his life story isn't completed yet. Story, story. That's right. But everybody else died. Now, let's deal first with the issue of um, leaving a legacy, dealing with having descendants. What did the Lord tell Adam and Eve to do? To be fruitful and multiply. That's one of the first things you see in this fifth chapter is that just as he said, they did. For generations after generation. So that part is hell. But something else we see is that each person died. What did God say to Adam about eating of the tree of the knowledge of good? You shall, die. You shall surely die. Mm -hmm. Now they lived a long time. Mm -hmm. Lived longer than anybody will ever know. Live. But even with that, Methuselah living the longest at 969 years, he died. Because now we're living post-fall, and the curse that was put on the people for the deceiving or, or disobeying God would be carried out. And this genealogy shows us that God, when he promises something and he says it's going to be, it shall be. Even though they live so long, they still die. But then you look at this text, and then you go back to the question why was Enoch taken? Anybody have an idea? Look at by looking at the text. Why was Enoch? Six or just a, are you saying like in the whole chapter five? Yeah, take a look at it. What part does it talk about Enoch? He walked with God. He walked 21. with God. Twenty one. He walked with God. There's some more clues to this. If you hold your place and let's go to Hebrews chapter eleven.
Hebrews chapter 11. Sister, read fifth verse. Amen. Fifth verse. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Go ahead and read verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Like pertaining to, like I said, God took him. So, like, for instance, I know someone that whose brother had passed, and they were like, he was just like an angel. You know, I can't believe why God took him. So it could have, is it because that he was like pleasing, you know, in God's eyes, and that that he left like the rest of the brothers down here because he still had work for them to do? It could that is that kind of like well, this? you know that 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 could be the case, and it could yeah, not be the case. But but one of the things that we know for sure is it's appointed unto man wants right. to die. And then the judgment. Now, with that person's life that God took, very well it could have been the end of the time for that person to do the work. That they had done the work that God had wanted them to do and now he brought them on home. But we can't say necessarily that's why everybody else is left either. It's because they still have work to do. We don't know because we don't have enough information to know what their heart is. But the one thing we do know is that it's appointed on the man wants to die. And then the judgment. So, looking at Enoch's life, was it something about Enoch? Was it something about Enoch intrinsically is the reason why God took, took him based on what we read in Hebrews chapter 11? And how did he please God? By faith. By faith. So was it by what he did? No. But by what he believed. So we see once again that just because Enoch was taken, it didn't say, it didn't point to Enoch being more holy than everybody else. But the one thing he did do is he believed God. He believed God and he believed his promises and he walked according to that belief because it said he walked with God. What does that mean when you hear those words, walked with God? What kind of walk is that? A walk of faith? A walk in the spirit? What else? walked in like close, like like praying to him, like communicating with him. All, all the right. They've got communion. They're communing together. He's probably like in his word, you know, like all the time. He's okay. He's, he's, and when you say in his word. Like studying like his word because that's how, I mean, that that's how you build that relationship. I mean, you're praying to God, but also in, you have, you know, in God's word. You know, you feel right. closer to him in okay. his word. When you're constantly praying and studying his word because I know I do. I'm just speaking for myself, you know, just know from experience. 
that I feel God is right here with me. All right. Now, studying his word, being in his spirit, in communion with him, the Bible says, don't just be hearers, but be doers of his word. So along with study, along with meditation, he was also a doer. He was, he was working and he was obedient. Walking with the Lord, he was obedient to the faith that he had in God. Because faith without works is dead. Show me faith without works and I'll show you faith with works, James said. So his walking was not that he was any better, that he had any less sin than anybody else, but he had faith in God. And according to his faith, he obeyed God. He walked with God. He communed with God. And was that enough for God to take him? Was that enough in itself? Was, was God uh, forced to take him because he walked like that? No. He didn't, wasn't. Because others can walk like that too. But yet they still die. So Enoch was because of God's pleasure he took him. Yes, he was one of faith and he pleased God, but God decided to also take him. He could have let him die and still he would have been in the bosom of the Lord, but he decided to take him. But looking at that text, I believe God left this message for us for something else as well. Huh? Sister Dudley, what, what, what shadow or what message are you also getting? From the fact that Enoch was taken. Wasn't it kind of an illustration of, of, of Christ? I mean. Okay. Yo, you're on target. Of Christ. I mean, how he was, uh, he was taken up even though he was here with us for a little bit. All right. Now, now watch this. Enoch was the first one who was mm -hmm. taken. Mm -hmm. Who was the second? And Sister Dunn is on to something. And we're going to walk this right up. Mm -hmm. Enoch first. Who is next? Mm -hmm. No. Abraham? No. Mm -hmm. Abraham died too. Because okay. remember Jacob and all them was buried okay. with their fathers and Abraham was there. Okay, no. Moses died, remember? God told him, because you struck this rock, you're going to see Canaan, but you're not going to enter in. And he died, but there was that fight over his body, but he still died. So who else in the biblical narratives was taken up? Not necessarily in Genesis or Hebrew. It's an Old Testament Is it character. Elijah? Elijah. Okay. That's right. How was Elijah taken up? On a chariot. On a chariot. A fire chariot. While Elisha and Elijah were talking, the chariot came and separated them, mm -hmm. took Elijah up on the fiery chariot, mm -hmm. and he was no longer. Mm -hmm. Which he did not die. Mm -hmm. He was taken up. So that's two. Mm -hmm. 
Then we come to the third one, which is, but he was different though. Jesus. Yeah. But Jesus what? He died. He died. But he was resurrected by the Father. He rose again. That's exactly right. But he was different than them too in that he died. But his spirit really didn't. Oh, what is that? Is that a what is it? I don't know. Oh, chair. Oh, chair. Get BJ. Stay tuned for station identification while we find something. To, where'd it go? It's gone. Oh, it's gone. All right then. Okay. <laughs> Back in our text. So Jesus was a little different because he died and then he rose from the grave. He was raised by his father. But that's right. He because he had to die. He had a mission of death. But these two, they did not die. So what are they foreshadowing? What are they pointing to? What? I just said pointing to the resurrection, aren't they? Uh huh. Sorta. What 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 else do we know they in the New Testament? To the heavens, and um, go ahead. Okay, in the Bible it says that we should know that this one thing that the dead Christ, Christ shall rise first, and they that and they that wait no, and they that. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and they that died in Christ, no, they that's alive, live, or they that remain, live, oh. they that remain shall be what? Caught up in the air, and they shall be chained. These two point to the future of when Christ comes back to those who will never taste death. Because there will be some who have trusted in Jesus Christ who will never taste death. The majority will, but when that time comes, there will be some who live, who trusted in him, will not taste death. They'll be caught up with him and changed in the twinkling of an eye. And so it is with Enoch. So it is with them. It's not nothing special about them. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The penalty for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So Enoch and those who to come have the same issue. They still have the sin issue. Enoch was not perfect. Neither was Elijah. That's not why. It's because God was pleased with their faith and God decided that he would pull these two. It wasn't something special about them. No special than any other warrior of the faith because we all have the same problem and we have the sin problem. In James, it talks about Elijah having the same passions that all men have. But he was able to pray and it didn't rain. And pray again and it did rain. Mm -hmm. 
It wasn't because he was so perfect, but that he was so faithful, that he trusted God. He understand, he understood where he was, and he had been chosen by God to do that ministry. And that God had, according to his choices, chose him to be that way, but it wasn't what was in him. But it was all in the good pleasure of God. And so that is for any of us. Whatever gifts you have, whatever abilities you have, no matter how well you do, it's not about us. It's not about one of us being so much more holy than the other. But it's all about God's good pleasure. He chooses those he wants to to do this and to do that. He gifts them. But it's not something for us to stand and say how good we are. Because in reality, we're all the same level at the cross. But God, in his favor, chooses one person to be gifted in this area and another and another. And nobody's greater than the other. See, the world will have you confused into thinking that there's something special about you. But it's not. The only thing that's special is God. And every specialty we have comes from the Lord. Now, let's see. What all do we have up here? We got the Enoch's taken. We got the siblings. Hundreds of years, yet they died. Each person died. Okay, let's look down here in verse 28. Oh, back in Genesis, verse 28 in chapter 5. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. And after he begat Noah, Lamech lived 595 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. In last time we were together and we were studying, <coughs> doesn't the name Lamech seem familiar? Where else have we seen Lamech? I don't remember. Anybody? You might not have been here. That's right. I don't think you were here last time. Where were we? Okay, where? Where were we the last time we were together? In Genesis. Uh huh. One or two? That's right. You were in three. We were in three then. So where were we last time? We're in five now. We had to be in four. So where else do we see something about? A Lamech. What does that say? Brother Baker. Verse 18, verse, uh, chapter 4. And to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahuah, whatever that name is, and Mahuah begat Methuselah, Methuselah, and Methuselah begat Lamech. And Lamech took into his two wives, 
the name of one was Ada and the name of the other was Allah. Keep reading. And his brother and Ada bear Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. Verse 21. And his brother's name was Jabal. He was the father Chapter 4, the same Lamech in chapter 5. No, they different They got different, amen. <laughs> they got different daddies, right? Who, who is, if you look back in ancestry, who is this Lamech's dad? If you look way back. Cain. Cain, that's right. But who's the other Lamech's daddy if you look back, as far back as you can get in this text? Adam. Uh-uh. Yeah, Adam, and then who? No, not Abel. Because Abel got killed before he could really get... Uh, look look at that same chapter, just where he stopped. Just where Brother Baker stopped in, in uh, chapter 4. Who's the next person? Seth. Seth. Now, watch this. Cain's offspring got continually what? Continually... What what are they character? They became t continually more what? There you go. More wicked. Because we talked about how arrogant Lamech was about having saying that, hey, I killed whoever I killed, and though my father was marked, now I'm marked, and if if he if he was a VN sevenfold, I'm gonna be a VN seventy-sevenfold. But he was so arrogant. And so ungodly that he's going to kill somebody and then say, because I killed this young man, then I'm marked like my ancestor was. And so, if, and I'm greater than he is because he was going to be a VN sevenfold, I'm going to be a VN seventy-sevenfold. Increasingly wicked. So his lineage, Canaan's lineage was um, cursed. And it continued to get worse and worse. But in chapter 4, we see a change in verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed 
for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Another seed. Another seed of righteousness. Another seed of faith. Because look what happens in the next verse. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. What lesson do we get out of this? Oh, <laughs> in chapter 4, we're down toward the end of basically verses 25 through 26. So at the end of the Lamech story, whose father, whose ancestor was Cain, God does a new thing. Even though Abel was now dead, the son of righteousness, the one whom God favored, God gave him another son. And Adam prophesied that this son was to replace the other one. And after that son had his first child, then men started to call on the name of the Lord. What does that mean, that men started to call on the name of the Lord? They start to worship. They start to worship. They started to believe in their God. To have faith in God. One man, in the midst of all of this wickedness, God is saying to us, no matter how wicked a generation may be, God is still calling in the midst of that wicked generation those who will call on the name of the Lord. So in the midst of our generations, as it gets more and more wicked, God's still going to be calling out those who are going to call on his name for righteousness sake. And we ask the question, is it you? Is it me? Is it somebody else? Who's going to stand up and call on the name of the Lord when everything else is doing wicked? When the culture has just thrown everything out and the bathwater, who's going to stand in the midst of it? God is still calling people to do his will. And as we look at Seth's life, we start to see his generations in chapter 5. Because we get to his Lamech. And what happens with his Lamech in chapter 5? What do we got in that text? What does his Lamech prophesy of? He lived 182 years, had a son. He named him Noah and said he will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Ah. Remember in the garden after they had sinned, God pronounced the curse on Adam that he would what toil of the earth and all that he was doing was going to be laborious and basically all he was going to be doing is working just to survive. It wasn't going to be any thriving, just surviving. But look what is being said here from Lamech prophesying into the life of Noah. He's saying that Noah is going to be one who comforts us. And what else does it say about Noah? 
comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground that the Lord has cursed. Amen. Amen. Looking at Noah, we've talked about in the past that the ark that Noah built was a type of what? Was a type uh, of. Uh, it was a. Uh, we say it was safety. Uh huh. It was safety, and it it was a type, so it pointed to who? Jesus. Jesus Christ, as the one who would put humanity uh -huh. that would cover us from the judgment of the rains that fell. But in the Old Testament, Noah himself is also a type. And what type is Noah? He is a type of what? Uh, we had stopped. Or who? Type of, uh, they weren't God. Uh, let, me, let me put it like this then. Let me say this again. He is a type of who? He's a protector. He's a protector, and he's a type of, when I say type, I'm pointing to somebody. To the cross. So he's a type of, of, he was a type of, of who? Jesus. Jesus. There you go. Mm -hmm. A type of Christ. Mm -hmm. How do you know? Looking at that text, how, would, how, how do I know that he's a type of Christ? Because he, he will comfort us in his labor. Ah. He will comfort us in those labors. And so saying that he'll comfort us in those labors means that Noah was going to do what with the curse? He was going to ease the burden. He was going to ease the burden of the curse. Christ, Galatians said, was put on the cross. He died on a tree because anyone who dies on a tree is cursed. And so Christ took on the curse mm -hmm. so that our burdens would be lightened. So when you are in Jesus Christ, watch this now. Lamech prophesied that Noah would be one who would ease them of the curse. Noah is a type of Christ that points to Jesus Christ and the work that Jesus Christ would do on the cross for us to ease us of the burdens of the curse. So when a person is in Jesus Christ. Our toils in this world. We should expect what? It to be different than who? Those in the world. Should our days be as laborious as the world's days? Why? We got joy. We got Christ. And he died so that we would have comfort amidst the curse in the land that we live. He's basically taking us out, separating us, sanctifying us, so that we don't have to toil like the world does. And so how do we prevent ourselves from toiling like the world? We can. When we stay close to God. When we stay close to God. What else does that mean? We got to put our faith in him. Praying. We got to believe. You got to believe. believe. Stay yes. focused. Stay focused. Right. Okay, we, we, we're all in the right areas. All of these things come together, which causes us to do what? Trust him. Trust him. And trusting in God and having faith means we're going to do what? Be obedient. Be obedient. When the day comes to an end, it's all about being obedient.
Because when we say we have faith in him, we have faith, which also has works of obedience. And through that faith and obedience, God comforts us and our lives should show a release from the toils of the world. We shouldn't have to work as hard as the world does to get things done. If we are, then we are showing a lack of faith. So as we close on this chapter, remember that even in the midst of a cursed generation, God is calling out people. Noah representing a people, a people, a chosen people. There wasn't anything special about Noah. He was a sinner like everybody else. All have sinned. But because of God's tender mercies and his own choosing, he looked down and said, this one that has faith in me, I'm going to show favor on him. And that's what he's done for us. We're here where we are today because God showed favor. And so nothing we did but everything he did for us. And that now we know in the midst of a world that pulling out their hair, jumping off of buildings, killing their families because they ain't got a job, we don't live like that. Because we don't struggle the same thing the world does. It sounds crazy to me to hear a a father of a house say, because I can't get a job, I'm going to kill my family and kill myself too. Because we know better. Because we know that we serve a God that's bigger than any of our circumstances. And he said he would be with us even to the end of the world. He knew our needs before we even asked. If he took care of the sparrows, he'll take care of you and me. How much greater if he clothes the lilies, will he clothe us? Because we don't have to talk like the world told us. Because we got Jesus, the one who comforts us in the midst of the curse. Amen. God bless y'all tonight. And we are done.